Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing a recent webinar hosted by the Beef Reproduction Task Force titled Investigating Causes of Conception Losses. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Lee Jones, who's with the University of Georgia and works in the College of Veterinary Medicine. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Jones. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Appreciate it. Dr. Jones, this is the first time we've had the privilege of having you on the Beef Watch podcast. So before we talk about today's topic, tell us a little more about yourself and your role there, as well as your responsibilities in the College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Georgia. Sure, Aaron. Uh, I grew up in Georgia and uh, got my master's at the University of Georgia in cattle reproduction back in the 80s and I went from there, spent some time in Texas, worked for a company there, then went to Colorado, worked for a cattle feeding company in Colorado while I was there. I went to vet school, got out and in 98 I moved to Curtis, Nebraska and I practiced there for about 13 years, cow-calf, primarily rural mixed animal practice, did a lot of embryo transfer, uh, cattle breeding. Uh, there we, we, you know, we worked with a lot of producers over the years and, and uh, you know, chased this thing that you know, as far as trying to figure out pregnancy loss. And then uh, in 2010, I came to my position here at the University of Georgia. I, I left practice, just wanted to work with veterinary students and, and give them a practical exposure to, to beef cattle practice and how to work with clients, how to, how to work with beef cattle and, and figure out how to improve production and reproductive efficiency in cow-calf herds. Dr. Jones, you are part of the Beef Reproduction Task Force and Really, that task force is a collaboration of a number of folks from different universities who are focused on understanding beef reproduction and, and really committed, from my perspective, to try to put together applied practices, management tools that producers can use to help them be successful in, in raising beef cattle. And one of the things that you focused on in a recent webinar was understanding, investigating the causes of conception losses Share with us a little about the importance of that. You obviously have a lot of experience in this area. Walk through with us some things that you think are key that cow-calf producers know and understand as they think about conception losses. Sure. Well, it, it can be it can be pretty frustrating to get that cow pregnant and or think she's pregnant and then uh, uh, her not deliver live calves. So, you know, the big thing is is that I, I when I talk with with farmers producers. I'm just asking them to say, do we know she's pregnant in the first place? As long as she's been preg checked, confirmed pregnant, uh, then, then we're going to work from a pregnancy loss standpoint. Of course, that when we lose that pregnancy, uh, you know, if it's, if it's less than 45 days, that's considered embryonic failure. If it's beyond 45 days, that's considered abortion. And then, you know, when we're right there at, at birth, it's, it's important to understand that she did she actually abort the calf or was there something else going on so the calf actually wasn't delivered? Maybe it might have had some dystocia or just some delay in being delivered. And then at that point in time, it's really history. We're asking a lot of questions. Folks, when they call me with a, a, a cabin problem or a dead calf, you know, the very first thing they want to do is just bring that calf and, and have us do a lot of tests. But the important thing really is to figure out the background. Of course, we're asking a lot of questions about herd management, vaccinations, that type of thing. But we're also really interested in anything that might have happened 
in the previous couple of weeks before that cow lost that calf because we really want to get a picture of the farm, the biosecurity of the farm, the management of the farm, the nutrition on the farm, all of those things. So a lot of times I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions, get into history, help them to understand what's been going on and what might have contributed to the uh, pregnancy loss. Dr. Jones, obviously there's a lot of factors that can contribute or be, I guess, triggers for pregnancy loss, everything from a nutritional problem to a genetic issue to a disease issue. How do you help producers think through and kind of evaluate where maybe the problem point may be occurring? That's, that's the key, Aaron, trying to figure out, you know, as we work together, you know, we really need to look. Obviously, we're going to, if we have the fetus, we'll know about the stage of, of pregnancy when, when the loss occurs. And that can help guide us as far as what samples might be appropriate or even if we, if we do take samples. Sometimes we can make a kind of a tentative but somewhat confident diagnosis, you know, if we're looking at, at calves. One of the things that we did when we were there, when I was practicing there in Nebraska, guys would bring us, you know, calves off cows from corn stalks. And we tested for nitrates in the ocular fluid for the calves. And, and while finding nitrates in those in even live calves is possible, you know, sometimes following a storm and you've got the stress of a storm, cattle grazing corn stalks with nitrates, you know, those can be an environmental thing. So we really don't chase it beyond that. But if we've, if we've got a situation where we maybe have had two or three uh, abortions and there's, there seems to be no environmental component, then we might start chasing some infectious causes. And that's really where history comes in. You know, what kind of, have I brought any new cattle on the farm? Have I, have I changed anything in the feed or anything like that? So we're looking for some trigger or some change that might, might lead us in the right direction because there's a lot of different things we can test for. There's a lot of different things we can chase and we can spend an awful lot of time and money. And one of the important things is just getting that background, getting that history, which will help direct us, uh, hopefully being a little bit more efficient as far as trying to figure out the answer. Dr. Jones, as you work with training veterinary students now, and you've obviously are seeing both sides of it. So you've practiced yourself, worked with producers and now, training veterinarians to go out and work with producers as well. As you think about conversations that veterinarians and producers need to be having, I guess give some perspective or framework in terms of how to have the conversation, both from a producer perspective and from the veterinarian's perspective on how do we start to dive in and try to, I guess, navigate through this process and determining where do we go in terms of how far do we go and trying to identify what happened here. Okay, so what, you know, what typically happens is we get a phone call from a farmer and they said, I've lost a calf. So I'm going to ask them, have you saved the fetus? Uh, sometimes they did that. Sometimes they, they got to it uh, after maybe the scavengers did too. But if they find a fetus intact, you know, we say, okay, wrap it up in a garbage sack, in a plastic sack. Don't freeze it. I mean, if it's already frozen, don't worry about that. Whatever condition you find it in, wrap it up in a sack, put it in a cooler, keep it cool. Don't freeze it if it's not frozen. I mean, if it is frozen, don't thaw it out, but keep it in whatever condition state you found it in. Um, but we wanna keep it cool. We don't want the tissues to begin to decay uh, and then keeping it cool. If there is any infectious bugs in there, 
then that's going to help preserve those as well. We want the placenta if we can. And think about the placenta. Everything that attacks that calf has got to go through the placenta. If it came through the mother's bloodstream, it still has to go through the placenta. If it, if it ascended up through the genital urinary tract, it still has to cross the placenta. So the, the placenta is, is a very important piece of tissue to, to, to collect for that. Even if it's fallen on the ground and gotten dirty, it's still real important because we can do histo, which is histopathology, which is basically looking at the tissue under a microscope. That can be very telling. And then, of course, we're going to, if we can, we want samples from, from mom, uh, the, the dam. And, and those would be blood samples predominantly. Uh, we like to have a couple of samples. You know, an immediate sample, and then if we come back 30 days later, get another sample, we're looking at change in antibody titers, that type of thing. But, uh, so uh, then we ask a lot of questions. And one of the things that I do tell my students is let's don't always focus on just bugs. Let's always think about when, whenever we go to a farm, let's look at the whole system, look at the environment, look at how the animals are, because, you know, stress and crowding and a lot of things can lead to animals just just losing their calf so you know we want to make sure that that you know, that stress is going to make animals more susceptible so even if i find a bug it may not be the primary cause it might be something secondary so i'm really interested in trying to get a big picture uh, of course that that means you've got to reach out in several different directions but as many of the people that are listening to this podcast aaron they've probably chased a few abortions and and really not gotten any satisfactory answer and so sometimes we really do have to think outside the the just the traditional bugs causing an abortion and, and think more along the lines okay what's going on in this program what's going on in the environment what's going on that could actually contribute to that animal losing that calf and, and maybe it's just an immunosuppression problem where you know we've had a, a really stressful storm the animals were marginal on nutrition or, or mineral program, and and then they just lost the calf, you know, because of that trigger. Dr. Jones, as you think about this and you think about this from a producer's perspective, I think one of the challenges is sometimes I've had a cow that lost a calf. Now I've got a second cow that's lost a calf, and all of a sudden, where do you start to say, hey, we need to start paying attention and have some work done to see if there's a problem here or you know, we're going to expect we're going to lose a certain percentage and that's just part of it. That's yes. Um, you know, I've, I've had situations where, yeah, one calf, you're going to lose one calf. And we hate to do that. I mean, that's obviously that cow has just suddenly become unproductive, even though we got her pregnant. But you're right. Uh, that is, that's a little bit to be expected. Uh, we can have calves lost close to term uh, for a variety of, of natural reasons. Uh, but when we start to lose two, then we really need to increase our, you know, our vigilance. Of course, two, two out of 20 is very different than two out of 100. But it begins to become a problem. You know, when we're hitting the three, all right, now we definitely need to make sure that we're watching a little closer. We're collecting samples. And then we go ahead and, and uh, really initiate an investigation. Contact the veterinarian got a veterinarian or contact you know contact a lab and then find out okay what kind of appropriate samples do we need to take here what kind of things do I need to be looking for but um, but yeah one you know the odd one happens it, like you said it's natural uh, but uh, 
you know, when I get to two or especially when I get to three, especially in a, in a, in a close time frame of a few days or within a week, then I think that's a good time for action. Dr. Jones, anything else you'd like to focus on or highlight on this topic? Well, you know, patience um, and, and, and records, 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 records. You know, we harp on that in, in extension all the time. And it's just so important because, you know, somebody might not be, might not be able just to recall whether or not uh, what they vaccinated with or when they vaccinated or even if maybe a group of cattle, you know, they failed to vaccinate that group of cattle. Bull exposure, uh, new purchases. You know, I've talked to farmers, and you know we've seen some. We've seen anaplasmosis in in our part of the world uh, cause a lot of abortions, and people say, "Well, we didn't bring anything new," and then they they remember, "Oh yeah, I did bring in, you know, some a, a new bull or or a group of cows or something like that." So anything anything out of the ordinary, um, or even even ordinary practices, such as bringing in new cattle without, you know, biosecurity plan, all of those things, we just need to have that information because the more information we have, the better we're going to be able to, to diagnose these problems. We really are fortunate if we can come up with a good diagnosis about maybe every one out of every other case or one out of every three cases. but. The more information, the more samples, tissue samples that we have improves our odds. And, you know, it's not necessarily about diagnosing that abortion so much as it's about protecting the rest of the herd and the rest of the pregnancies because pregnancy loss is expensive and we really want to limit that to just a few cows if we can. Well, Dr. Jones, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Well, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate you having me. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beefrepro.org website. Uh, that website has this webinar that was recently recorded, as well as additional webinars. Also at the website, you can find information on ester synchronization protocols, as well as other information such as understanding bull and cow fertility. Again, to find more information, go to beefrepro.org.